Hi, this is the Found Life Podcast with me, your host, Tanisha Shedden. I always wondered why so many people have found healing and found their freedom in so many different ways. As a counselor and coach and speaker, I have stayed curious and listened and learned about so many stories of hope healing and perseverance and that's what this show is all about we talk all things overcoming self-love self-help and self-discovery what you do to keep going is something i want to explore this is a place just for you this is for healers from all walks of life this is the found life podcast healing is a journey you are not alone And you got this healer. Today, I'm going to talk to you about a book I read called I'm Glad My Mom Died. Oh my goodness. People are so triggered by that title for many reasons, and I totally understand. This book was written by Jeanette McCurdy, who was the co-star on iCarly. She played a character named Sam. So if you're a millennial or a zillennial, maybe a Z, you might have seen this show. And it is, it is a great book, I thought. So it is a great example of serious trauma. This is a complex PTSD example. Complex trauma, layered years of things. So what I will say about this book is it can have some content that will cause, you know, a trauma survivor potential, potentially to have a reaction. So um, just be aware of that. If you read this book and you've got some trauma, there is some sexual content, there is some eating disorder content, and there is, I'm trying to think what else, um, verbal abuse content. So just be wary if you are triggered by any of those things, um, maybe skip. So let's dive in. Jeanette McCurdy went through a lot in her life. She was a child star in Hollywood and she was responsible for, you know, helping the family carry through. She was paying the bills with her acting and also her mom put her under a lot of pressure. So throughout this book, you see a narcissistic mom. I won't give that diagnosis. That word is thrown around a lot, but I I would think that that fits the bill for this one. Either that or just an undiagnosed mental illness that kind of gotten out of control. So, so in the book, Jeanette describes her experience growing up as a child. Her mom would take her to auditions and it was just a lot of pressure. If she did well, her mom was happy. If she didn't do well, her mom was like having a meltdown actually or yelling or screaming. And there was situations in the household where her mom would chase her dad with a knife and just crazy things were happening. And um, one of the things that is probably the biggest trauma Jeanette, Jeanette's mother, put her on a very restrictive diet, taught her about calorie restriction. And when she was about 11 or 12, and she was eating like nothing, like salad, almonds, but it was probably like a 500 calorie diet from what is described. They go to the pediatrician and the pediatrician says, hey, I think your daughter's anorexic. You should pay attention to this. 
And Jeanette was confused by that. She was like, I'm anorexic. What's that? What's anorexia? And people kept saying it to her mom, like, your daughter looks really skinny. She doesn't look well. You need to make sure she's eating. And her mom would say, yeah, I'll make sure she's eating. And Jeanette was like, but my mom was the one that taught me how to do this to my body. And it spiraled into an eating disorder. And this is something that it broke my heart as I was reading this. It really, like, it really hurt my heart. Her mom was putting her on on this diet and she was anorexic, clearly. She was not feeling well. And... Jeanette's internalized narrative that she describes in the book was that if she could be as skinny as possible, then she wouldn't have to turn into a woman. And if she turned into a woman, that would be gross. And she felt like, you know, there was a lot of shaming about developing and, you know, becoming a sexual being. And she just did not feel comfortable with that at all. You know, the family was super religious, claimed to be super religious, but you know, was on and off, but the orthodox ideas were still being spouted and taught. And so, you know, we see that in a lot of, a lot of religions is that there's a lot of force, like parents try to force religion on their children. Luckily in my experience, you know, my faith wasn't forced by my mother, but it was by my father. So I had a complicated relationship with that as well, but now I feel okay. And I think, you know, it just makes me sad that, you know, people use spirituality and religion as a control factor. And I think this is exactly what I see, we see in the book and it is horrifying. So, um, you know, she is thinking that like, she has all these bad narratives about sex and about her body and about who she's supposed to be and is terrified. And she has some OCD thoughts about, the Holy Spirit and thinking that the Holy Spirit wants her to turn around three times, you know, every time she goes to the bathroom and she realizes it's OCD and there's just a lot of complications that happen. And then when she does have, you know, her first sexual experience, it seems like there's a lot of shame associated with it. And then she, you know, her mom finds out and calls her nasty and, horror and all of these disgusting things. It is actually disgusting that a mother would say this to a child. She tells the story about how she just unravels and it takes the form of just her eating disorder is like the control mechanism that she has. And it's almost something that she relied on to get through. And that's something that people don't understand about eating disorders is that they are something that people rely on when things are hard and it gives them a feeling of control and even though you know that you're sick you know that you're not doing well you know you just can't help it 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 actually sometimes makes people feel comfort in this situation she comes to understand that she has this eating disorder it's interesting she goes to therapy and the therapist is kind of guiding her in the direction of like dude your mom's the problem and she's like, no, my mother loves me. Like, she's like, no, like she, she's doing this, these horrible things to me because she loves me. And I think so many of us can relate to this. For me, I definitely can. Like, I thought that some of the things that have been said to me by my parents or, 
you know, the anger that they had is just, it's all because they love you, right? Because they tell you that. They say, you know, I wouldn't get so angry if I didn't love you or things like that. And you see this play out in Jeanette's story. Like they're saying, well, I would, I would not do this if I didn't love you. This is because I love you. And so she is internalizing the narrative that she that her mother did this because she loved her and like she shouldn't be upset about it because her mom loves her. But the thing is, she starts to realize over time that, you know, it could be true that mom does in fact love her and probably, and it probably is true. Honestly, her mom probably did love her, but at the same time, her mom's unhealthy way of managing emotions of living her life was purposefully passed down, right? It just, she just put it all on Jeanette. So it caused a lot of complication and emotional turmoil for her. And coming out of the turmoil, she worked with an eating disorder coach. She went to therapy and, you know, eventually she was getting so much better. She's able to find a relationship that she felt was beneficial and kind of grow into herself a lot more. It seemed that by the end of the book, she was still on a healing journey. And I think the thing is, a lot of people, I've heard feedback about this book, a lot of people didn't like it because they felt like it was just negative and she's just talking bad about her mom and all these things happen and it just felt negative. But there were parts that were funny and witty and she kind of like used that to drive the story and I think it was great. And I think the people that are upset might have either related to this too much and be still in denial or... They could never understand how you could turn on your mom like that, no matter what she's done. And that's the thing is, like, when you heal from trauma, you start to understand that it doesn't matter who someone is to you. It matters how they treat you. And if they are not good to you, you don't have to have them in your life. And you don't have to praise them. And by the end of the book, Jeanette acknowledges that she loved her mother and that she does sometimes still miss her. But she acknowledges the complexity behind the relationship and that it was, in fact, very painful for her to have that relationship. And that she feels a sense of release, release and relief that her mother is now gone. And I think that's hard for people to understand. But I think it goes to say to Jeanette's healing that she was able to note that, yes, I love my mom. Yes, she did some horrible things. Yes, she traumatized me. Yes, I am angry. And yes, I still loved her. Right? All of those things are still true. That beautiful ending is really what kept me reading personally. Um, and. It's part of part of the healing journey is being able to see all of the parts of it by the end and be able to step back and say, okay, this is what is and feel the feelings. Um, I think many people think that it's about moving on completely and thinking of it all positively, but it's not so. When you have trauma, you are stuck on a part usually. Usually when there's trauma, there's a part that's just stuck. There's a narrative that's there that you're stuck on. For example, in the book, Jeanette's narrative that she was stuck on is that my mom loves me, so she couldn't have been bad, and I'm the problem. 
I'm just the sensitive one. If I get better and if I do better in my life, then everything will be fine and mom will finally be happy. But that's not so. And she was able to finally arrive at the conclusion that that relationship was toxic. And, you know, her mom dying ended up being kind of a blessing to her. Whereas before it was, she didn't have that understanding. And she arrived there through healing. And a lot of people, you know, they don't, we don't believe sometimes in cutting off our families. We don't want to do that. We don't. But sometimes that's just what needs to happen. And if you're listening to this and if you're thinking about a relationship that has consistently hurt you and is still hurting you as an adult, I'm going to just give you permission right now. It's okay to leave that relationship, wish them well even, let them know you love them, but it hurts. Do a Megan trainer, write them a letter, you know, but know that they're bad for you. And it's okay for you to still live your life and flourish and move on and not have them in your life. I have personally done this with my dad, um, my adoptive father. Um, There is a complicated history behind that relationship, as you've heard. And I decided to just let it go. And most of it, this was very easy to... I didn't have to set extreme boundaries or do anything because my dad just stopped calling, stopped answering calls, stopped texting me, stopped answering text messages. So I just decided that I just wasn't going to reach out anymore. And he never reached out to me. And then eventually I was like, okay, it's time to block him because one day if he wants to come back or wants to talk to me, you know, it's kind of too late for that. I've decided, right? So I was able to do that. But... I will tell you, it caused me to feel a lot of a lot of different emotions. It's not easy when you do that because you lose a parent and it feels like a death. So for me, I experience, I still experience grief. There are moments when I miss maybe some of the good times that I had. My dad taught me how to change a tire. My dad would, there was a summer when I was in middle school that He would get up in the middle of the night because he couldn't sleep. And I would just be up too because it was the summer. And we'd somehow end up at the kitchen at the same time and we would eat ice cream together. Of course, that was one of the times that we weren't on a diet. But um, that is something that I cherish and I still cherish, even though he doesn't want to be part of my life. And I don't want him part of my life. So I grieve the loss of the positive But what I gain in return is peace. I don't have to cry in my car every time I leave his house. I don't have to hear the stories of what he's done. I don't have to hear the sexualized comments that he makes about women. I don't have to feel uncomfortable around him because I know some of the things that he's done. And I don't have to feel uncomfortable because I don't feel safe when I'm around him. I don't have to worry about him not being emotionally stable and blowing up and being really angry all of a sudden or having a meltdown all of a sudden or I don't have to worry about him hurting my family. I don't have to worry about him lying. There's so many things that I am able to live my life without having him do and this is a blessing and 
the trade-off is worth it. So what I want you to do is decide, is the trade-off worth it to you? You know, is it worth it? Play it out. Maybe you try a break and see how you feel. For me, I felt a lot of relief and it worked out. It worked out great. You know, sometimes in the beginning, it doesn't feel great. I remember feeling a sense of abandonment. It didn't feel great. But I knew, based off of past interactions, that if I reached out, I would be told, I'm too busy. I can't see you. Um, I got meetings. I only have an hour. You know, things like that. And so it's up to you to decide what relationships you have in your life. So thank you for listening to another episode. I hope you know that you are amazing and you can overcome any trauma that's in your life. You got this healer. If you want to find me, remember you can find me at found by Tanisha on Instagram and TikTok. Better on Instagram. You can also check out my online resources at foundproject.org. You can download any of my free guides about starting a trauma healing journey, setting boundaries, or learning how to organize your life. I have all the free resources up there. And then if you feel so inclined, please check out my online course. It's an affordable way to access therapy and therapy information. I am a licensed therapist and I provide online information for you. So go check it out. Um, The links are in my Instagram bio. So I hope you have an amazing day. And remember, you got this healer.